Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is December 19th. We have SmackDown Live to talk about. We have tons of stuff up at Fightful.com. Injury news on Dean Ambrose. We will talk about that tonight. Reactions to the uh, first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Tomorrow I have a bit of an exclusive that I kind of gave you all a peek at on today's Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Conor McGregor, WWE, no plans whatsoever right now. Vince McMahon won't commit to it. That story is up on Fightful.com tomorrow morning, as are my uh, match ratings, which you will see that I gave New Day versus Rusev Day an 11 out of 10 tonight. (laughs) So make sure you all check those out after every Raw, every SmackDown. Ring of Honor Final Battle did it for that, too. Did a post-show podcast as well. And after every WWE pay-per-view. It's Christmas week. We're not leaving you without content. I am... uh, putting my Fightful books at Royal Rumble changes out there. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to drop the NWA feature that I have. Of course, we have Listing Your Boy tomorrow. But next week on the Monday Night Raw show, I will be joined by one Anna Bauert because it won't be Christmas there anymore. No, no. I get Christmas off and you don't. But unfortunately, I don't know. Like, like Being a boss is a transition. It still is. Every day it is. And even though I'm I'm giving you off Christmas Day, I am still making you work Rusev Day. Yeah. Every Rusev Day. Well, it, it becomes an issue when every day is Rusev Day. Um, it would be a utopia if we could get every Rusev Day off. But, you know, this is a price you pay. Happy Rusev Day, everyone. Guys, check out our Clash of Champions post-show, my Ring of Honor final battle post-show. I did a news update on the UFC versus WWE stuff that uh, I ended up going back and forth with Daniel Cormier about. We're going to talk to Colby Covington this week, UFC fighter who's been appearing on Impact Wrestling. Lots of stuff there. We're also joined tonight by one Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, hi. Bah, humbug. Future coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jeff oh, wait. Haw- hold on. You there, boy. What day is it? It's Rusev Day, sir. Oh, good. I didn't miss it. Go down. By the largest goose there is. In- oh, go on, sir. Sorry. I'm here. Hi. I don't know how many people are going to get the Scrooge reference on this show. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not a audience of readers, obviously. <laughs> yeah, because that's where most people have have learned that from is from reading. Yeah, well, that's where I learned it. So <laughs> with you all, no, Jeff I, Hawkins I get it. born in 1932. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> learning stuff. Well, I understand they don't really teach reading in Kentucky until what. After high school? They teach writing pretty goddamn well, apparently. Woo! (laughs) It's time for SmackDown Live talk. We're going to kind of integrate the Royal Rumble talk into that as well uh, when we get to that segment, though. Uh, But, guys, make sure you all visit Fightful.com, register, all that good stuff. We're over there on the forums, active all the time. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe. Let people know that you're watching the show. So the program opened with Daniel Bryan coming out to run down tonight's SmackDown. He is quickly joined by by Shane McMahon. They argue over Sunday night. 
Daniel Bryan mentions that Shane is a bad businessman, and Shane says that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will stab him in the back. I thought Alex, a gr- or, sorry, Jeff. Fuck, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Listen, okay. All bald you know fat guys look alike to Sean. I get you it. You know it's what? Fine. I'll admit when I'm wrong. The demonetization <laughs> tonight is my fault. We we got about three minutes deep. It's my fault. I oh, caused sorry, that. Man. I will I will admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and ask Anna what she thought of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan said that he doesn't want to see Shane McMahon turn into Mr. McMahon. And there are certain things in wrestling that people say, and it kind of gets that, oh, snap type of reaction from the crowd. And this actually got it a little bit. Are you asking me or Alex? I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking you, Alex Bauer. Okay, now this is super confusing. I will go. Um, yeah, that <laughs> line was apt. Uh, which received a who's your daddy chant from the crowd. There are a lot of lines that were really on point. Um, This is a land of opportunity for everyone, not just for people that like you, that you like. Sorry. Um, And that's basically Vince McMahon's America in that statement. Your audio is super choppy right now. Let's see if we can get that. Whoa. Whoa. Jeff, uh, what did you think about this opening segment? Um, I thought Daniel Bryan was pretty good in it. I thought Shane McMahon was the opposite of very good in it. I, I just, his monotone delivery of just exposition of everything we saw on Sunday night. He did, did, did he's, it did seems we like he's fallen off a cliff since he came back about, like, he, he didn't used to be this, this monotone, did he? No, but I think somebody's giving him a note to play serious. And I think that's how he plays serious is is very monotone. And I just, it was just one of those things where it's like, did we not watch all this? Could I mean, this would be the time for one of your terrible point to the screen and show what happened type of things, as opposed to listening to him give the play by play of things we already know about. That, that was my only problem was, was it seemed like one guy was really, interjecting like some kind of emotion into it. And the other one was just kind of reciting lines verbatim. Gwen Evans on our live chat says Shane has developed a knack for talking for 15 minutes to say two sentences. Yeah. I I think that is the perfect summation of, of Shane McMahon promos these days. Like he, I've said it a billion times. He walks nine miles to drive one. I don't get it. Like he takes forever to just get it out. Well, I think it's it's part him and it's part the scripting in terms of, well, what if someone didn't watch Sunday night? Then I need to explain the entire thing to them. (laughs) And it's like, we don't need 15 minutes to explain what happened. Just say, hey, I counted fast, slow, you counted fast, that's it. There we go. I did like at the very end where Shane just kind of seemed shocked and said that he has full confidence in Daniel and that he's leaving. I found that abrupt. More than I anything. Too, but I mean, I, given the line that was just fed to him before that, maybe he's like, okay, I see where you're coming from, but uh, I, I am interested about that, maybe. In both. your opinion, did you think that was supposed to be passive aggressive? Like, I okay, don't know. Well, I don't know. I think it was that open to interpretation a little bit. Okay. Like maybe, maybe we could think it was passive aggressive or maybe that Shane, maybe Shane was like, kind of like, okay, I'm wrong. I just called Daniel Alex Palowski, and <laughs> I'm going to let him ride this one out. You're forgiven. I am officially referring to Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable as training day. I think it's fair. Shelton. I wonder if Shelton will be told not to use the running power slam anymore. Why? He did it. On, he did it in the match. He hit the running power slam. I know, but why, why would you say that, though? Well, there, there's kind of a guy on Raw who uses that move as a finish. Okay. Okay, that, now that makes sense. I, I wasn't putting two and two together then. Yeah. Uh, among the terms I would love banned from WWE is somebody is rolling before the commercial break, and then they cut to that. Gable struggles early on, but I've noticed like a little bit of a story in these that I don't know if maybe it's just me picking out a story, making a story, but Gable does seem to struggle early in these matches, and then Shelton comes in and fixes it for him. And then Gable kind of takes over. Like, I don't know if that's by design, but if so, I think that that's kind of brilliant because 
it is like Shelton is taking uh, Gable under his wing. I like that Byron Saxton told the story of Benjamin and Haas back in the day, taking the Usos under their wing as well. Uh, that explained how well that, that Benjamin knows them. Uh, I don't know how in the hell Benjamin got high enough to kick an Uso on that suicide dive attempt. Mm. Like the I, camera just cut out there and he's in midair kicking one in the face. So if anybody at the arena, I'll have to ask Demon Diva, friend of Fightful.com, how that happened. But that looked awesome. Benjamin goes for his belly-to-belly suplex and is stopped. It's enough to let Gable get his knees up. Uh, Gable takes one of the Usos to Suplex City, and Training Day wins with their finish. I thought this was solid, maybe a little bit too quick. It was about eight minutes long. I think these two teams are going to have some good matches. Gable and Benjamin are still coming around, though, at working together, Jeff. Yeah, I just, uh, for me, my problem was I didn't see the point of beating Gable on Sunday and then doing this type of match. I understand what they're thinking. Oh, we'll we'll rebuild Shelton and, and Gable up again real quick, but this is kind of how they did last time. I mean, they, they did the, the, the count-out win last time. This time, at least they get a pin, but this is this is way too quick to beat the tag team champs, in my opinion. Anna, do we have you? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is all I want for Christmas is NBN to work. Australia sucks. Um, yeah, so I don't know what was being covered. I thought Benjamin looked excellent tonight. And these two, Training Day, a.k.a. the douches, are so good in ring that I actively have to ignore their writing to appreciate. Well, no. Yeah. I want to ignore their writing to appreciate how good they are. Um, I love that they reference that Byron referenced back to Shelton, Benjamin, and Charlie Haas taking the Usos on the wing when they first started out. I got a good um, ad break for a lot of this match. I tried to score that 2.5 out of 5 for that. Um, and Gable looks like he walked straight off an early 90s Baywatch set, which I'm a fan of. He really does. He really does. He really does. Um, so it looks like this is the next program, Jeff. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with that. The, the, it's going to be, you know, your usual tag team program. One one, one guy will pin the other, then the other guy will pin th- mm, yeah. that partner, et cetera, et cetera. And then they'll have a great match at the pay-per-view that will probably <laughs> get under <laughs> underrated in some ways because we've just seen these guys together so often. SmackDown has such a good tag team scene right yeah. now. Like, I'm really excited for this tag team scene and breaking up, getting getting the hype bros out of that seems like it was best for all involved too because i don't know mojo can do a singles thing and zach gets to hang out with chelsea green all the time so like who's the loser in that situation yeah i'd love i would have loved the revival on this roster god you're telling me (laughs) you're telling me but i mean i think maybe maybe raw needs the revival it's one of those situations like the iconic duo are in nxt right now because nxt needs them a lot more than they need nxt I think the Raw brand needs the Revival a little bit more than the Revival needs them right now. I think because if they were on SmackDown, hot damn, would they – I, I, I got to see some Revival Uso matches. Charlotte and Naomi defeated Riot Squad. Anna, I want your thoughts on this promo from Charlotte. She yeah. congratulated the fans for the Royal Rumble match, which seemed a little condescending to me with the way that she said it. But – um the situation in general, we're going to talk about it. Charlotte and Naomi call each other Glow and Queen, which is the lamest shit I've ever heard. But after that, I thought Naomi's promo on like to Charlotte and the Riot Squad was pretty good. Uh, what did you think? At the end of the match, I wrote, Naomi could so easily get over just doing her own thing. She stepped on Logan after they won, and then she was just standing there dancing to her own theme in the middle of the ring. Like, this girl has enough personality as is to get over. It's the writing of them. Thanks, Queen. Thanks, Gloge. Really? You can Um, tell what was written for them in that and what Naomi took upon herself to say. She got chicken head over. They've been trying to get biscuit butt over for four months on Raw. Forcing it. It just reminded me of the Roman Reigns suffering succotash thing. It's the same. And this whole Royal Rumble thing is amazing. And I'm over the moon for this happening and for the women involved. But it seems so disingenuous from up the top of this company 
it, it doesn't it doesn't come across the way that these women are written the way that these women are booked this is this and i've heard this kind of speech before from the backside of things where people actually don't care about what they're doing for you know women's revolution all that stuff and they they phrase it in terms of oh we do the the female raha thing bra burning thing and get that thing they don't actually care it's a marketing ploy and sorry you can't do this kind of thing when there are genuine emotions involved the crowd was genuinely happy for this yeah. announcement last night and tonight it's just so how many more times do you think they're going to have stephanie come out and do this type of thing for everything like just, it's not just stephanie i mean that whole thing itself they had these women brawling and you know it was a copy of what they do on smackdown but at least there is actual fire there. It seems like there are fire there between the women on Raw, so it comes across a lot better. They had them brawling and then had them all take a group photo hugging each other after the announcement. Like, you can't just throw that out once this happy thing happens. It's, it's, I didn't like that at all. I, I didn't so, like that at all. They, no. Like, that's a big indie thing that a lot of low-level indie things will do. They'll be like, ah, oh, group photo. I'm like, no, don't take a group photo. That's stupid. That's really, really dumb. Don't do that just because you successfully pulled off an indie show. You definitely shouldn't be doing it at the top levels of women's wrestling in WWE. It, kind of, it just feels like what they normally do with this stuff is like WWE is the top thing. And secretly, in the heart of hearts, this is all the women want is for WWE, their brand, to do the right thing. So all this infighting, that goes out the window when we as a collective, we want something. But it's just like that's not that doesn't sustain a storyline that isn't a storyline and you're just using this angle you, you can't have these monumental things happen and then us to trust that this is actually something genuine at this rate you know i'm thinking james ellsworth is going to come in and win the rumble damn it you took my line like, this is what they do <laughs> so don't present it as woohoo women's revolution when you don't actually give a crap about it it's just an angle for you I think their their approach is they give a crap more than they used to type of thing, which doesn't take much. I think there are a lot, a lot of that do, but the ones at the very top still don't. And right. you can tell in the way that the division is written. Like I said tonight that I thought this was one of Naomi's better promos because I could tell she had something to do with it. That being said, the bar is very low based on how they write for her. Like that list is really yeah. short. It's like the Orlando-related stuff and this. Like that's that's about it. Because otherwise they have her say the dumbest shit, and they had her say the dumbest shit tonight, too. They had her call Charlotte Queen, and Charlotte called her Glow. Why? What? Like, that's not her nickname. That's <laughs> like, two people. I don't, I don't understand. Jeff, I tweeted last night, like, at some point, even the characters of these women have to stop acting incredulous that they're getting these opportunities that they should have been given a long time ago. And like, oh, thanks, Steph. Gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's precisely my problem with this entire thing. It's not that they earned it. They don't get any acknowledgement from for all their work in this. It, it's been deigned to them by Stephanie McMahon and the powers of the McMahon, and shouldn't we be grateful to Stephanie for this opportunity rather than the fact that we earned this? Um, the other note I have is that someone needs to get Vince onto UrbanDictionary.com and look up Chicken Head. Because no, they don't. No, they don't. Should... Because I wanted to keep doing stuff like that. <laughs> People used to say doggy style and skeet and shiznit. <laughs> everything on this show. Um, look, I there's always. I, have you ever heard the story of Kevin Dunn running around singing that Flow Rider song, Wh yes. Whistle Baby? Yes. Not knowing what it was about. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I, uh, put me in the put me in the category with uh with with you guys. I really would have liked to have seen Charlotte come out and cut a promo off the cuff from the heart about how much it meant to her to have a women's Royal Rumble. I really thought that would have been nice to have as opposed because, because the way this came off to me, it made me seem like she really didn't. The words were, I'm so excited to have a Royal Rumble, you know, whatever. But it just, congratulated the fans. <laughs> yeah. What the, no. No, don't. It, it's all it's, because of you, the fans who demanded it, sounded, it with hashtags. It, it sounded like the most cloying crap you could have on yeah. this thing, and so disingenuous that you know that it's not from her, 
when at the same time you know she's absolutely stoked. My other minor note, and this goes into the Women's Royal Rumble, look, I love the idea of it. I just wouldn't have had it on the same night as the men. Somebody asked what the Kevin Dunn story is. Uh, Kevin Dunn was backstage one time. I forget who told the story. I'll find it. But somebody said that they, like, Kevin Dunn loved the song Whistle by Flo Rida. And he was backstage singing it all day long. Didn't know what it was about. It's it's about oral sex, my friends. And he didn't know. Naomi enters into the Royal Rumble because, duh. <laughs> I told Brian Rose, I was like, listen, Brian, we're going to keep an updated list of Royal Rumble entrants because I'm not writing an article every single time this entire roster is in the Royal Rumble because, of course, they're in the Royal Rumble. At this point, I half expect Alexa Bliss and Charlotte to be in the Royal Rumble, and they can say, well, they can contend for the other championship or something. Like, it's just, if, if you were to guess, Jeff, if there are odd women out that get women's championship matches at Royal Rumble, who do you think they'll be? Asuka. I think I think I think that's the way to get the belt off of Alexa, and I think someone else wins the Rumble. That that would be my one guess. I think that that would be a brilliant way to keep Asuka from winning the Rumble and probably putting her where she belongs. Anna, any any additional thoughts on this Women's Royal Rumble? I, I will say I'm glad it's happening. I'm stoked yeah. it's happening. I can't wait for it. As absolute garbage as many Royal Rumble matches can be, I love them. I'm a sucker for them. But uh, do you have any other thoughts on the Women's Royal Rumble? I just want them to do it right. Like, actually make this something historic. Make this something that means something for the women who are actually competing in this thing and don't just make it another joke. Yeah, Anna got burned on that money in the bank thing. And, and I, look, her cynicism is well met. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. um, like you see so many, there was someone who tweeted out, well, you don't see men getting historic moments. You're like, you fucking Oh, what a dipshit. <laughs> are you, uh, and this is, it's like, I, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have taken this long for it to happen. It shouldn't be a big deal. It should just be a thing that happens, but it has taken this long. And so now it is a big deal. Just do it right. It's it's simple. Just do it right. Treat the division as if it's their own division. It's not a joke. These women can deliver in ring, actually treat it as such and stop making it a damn training ground for your new writers. If that is the case, which it definitely seems like. Can I Jeff, you're going to like this one. Uh, Colin Delaney faced Hideo Itami. On- <laughs> <laughs> That's it's his a- debut is Colin effing Delaney? Oh. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, can I be the one to ask, you know, since when can we just announce we're in the Royal Rumble? Oh, I'm in yeah. the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, are there are there people that just go around? You know what? I don't want to be in the Royal Rumble because you know what? The pressure of main eventing WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I'm just going to take a pass on this one, guys. Don't want to be in it. Well, apparently, as long as you're not Sami Zayn, you can do that. Because yeah. that was the whole thing about <laughs> Zayn last year. And if I'm Zayn, I am filing a lawsuit against the McMahon family <laughs> at this point. Because, as Anna so eloquently puts it, they are real taints. They really are. Oh, man. So... This match happened. Uh, again, I thought Naomi was great tonight. Uh, Sarah Logan worked over the leg better than I thought Jinder Mahal worked over Styles Sunday night. That was cool. Naomi should probably use the disaster kick as her finish because it is, because it is way better than the flying stink face. Her disaster kick tonight looked really awesome. They went after Sarah Logan, runs into Liv. Anna, anything to add to this match? They were. They did make mention on commentary later that they were working Charlotte's knee. However, if you're going to do that, don't have close-ups of them kicking the back of her thigh. That's my biggest complaint for this match. Because there was a good portion of it where both Ruby Wright and Sarah Logan were just kicking the back of Charlotte's thigh. And I was like, why are they... Like, shouldn't it be her knee or something a little less durable? And then they started selling that it was her knee. I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, just camera. camera. Hey, leg, kick, leg kicks hurt, Anna. They suck. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, Rob, 
I'm <laughs> that mad. No one cared. He'd get a better reaction if he'd gone 10 minutes with Emma. <laughs> well played. Well played. I hate him so much. About a Tommy? <laughs> yes. Probably would have had a better match, too. <laughs> with Emma? Yeah, probably. Backstage, Rusev Day interrupt New Day. This is one of the yeah. greatest things. Just one of the greatest things. Rusev and English are dressed as Santa and a snowman. Rusev, <laughs> they're, they're comparing shirts. And at first, it looked like they were being friendly with New Day, which I was totally for. I was completely there for them just being kind of like friendly, like, hey, it's me, Rusev and Hayden. But by the end of this, Rusev is grabbing a handful, handful, a handful of pancakes and eating them and doing the old iron cheek <laughs> spit and stomp. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology. Making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Um, this is one of the greatest segments in the history of wrestling, at least as it pertains to Christmas, Anna. And they, they only one-upped it later on. What, mm-hmm. what direction do you think they're going to go with Rusev Day? Do you think they, they embrace the babyface aspect of them or they will like kind of keep them with this edge? The fact that they had the final matchup was AJ teaming with Shinsuke and Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal with KO and Sammy makes me think that a babyface Rusev is a long way off. Because they just <laughs> I think they did indulge it a bit here tonight. They had him throwing out Rusev Day shirts to the crowd. That's indulging a bit of babyface activity right there. But they also yeah. had a, a New Day sweepstakes in the middle of the match. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of both. You could, you could um, argue the case for either on this side. I just love, you done flapped the wrong Jack sucker. That was great. <laughs> great. With real emotion, too. Yeah, I was like, I'm really angry about the flap. He jacks. was pissed about those jacks being flapped. <laughs> and revenge, revenge was achieved. Let's go ahead and talk about the match. Yes. Kofi is the gingerbread man. Therefore, Rusev could not catch him. Uh, I didn't get it at first. <laughs> that's I me. Every, every cardio day at the gym is me <laughs> as Rusev right there. That's just... He did him quitting going, no, can't do it. There has been this movement within WWE. Whenever the crowd wants something and they chant it, they usually get it these days. And the crowd wanted pancakes. Uh, a couple of actual wrestling notes. Aiden English countered the honor roll into the Widowmaker. Do you remember whose finish that was, Jeff? Not Sean often. O'Hare. That's right. Yeah. Sean O'Hare back in the day. Rusev Day <laughs> uncover the announce table, which gets a great reaction. <laughs> and then they place a pile of flapjacks, pancakes on it. <laughs> and I love that they, they like act like they're pouring gasoline or like thumbtacks or whatever onto it. They're, they're putting whipped cream there. And then we get flapjacks onto flapjacks. Oh, Anna, this, this, was, this was a work of art. Mm-hmm. This match was a joy from top to bottom. Everyone was getting into this. The commentary team were going off the rails, and it was brilliant. There was one point someone said, right now the gingerbread man is as slow as molasses. And I think it was Tom <laughs> Phillips who said, shut up. Shut, shut up. up. 
Corey and Graves had to try was... to not laugh as he was saying, you think this is funny? He finished the segment with, good news, I saw a dog today. I don't even know what the lead up to that was. <laughs> but... <laughs> and then Aiden English's battle cry, he had this moment of, of contemplating. He's like, that's it, I'm going in for the last, the last hurrah. It was for Rusev, runs in, slams him. That is, I'm using that. The next time I'm in a fight, I'm using that. <laughs> this so much. Can we just say that Rusev has gotten Aiden English and Chad Gable over pretty much on yeah. both of, on, on these two nights? I mean, it, it's been, it's great to see Aiden English getting over. That, that's just the weirdest <laughs> th- thing about about this. Um, yeah, There's potential I, in that guy, man. Like, and and an added bonus, Rusev's birthday, Christmas. Is it really? It is. <laughs> That's phenomenal. It's, which makes this this whole thing about Rusev Day versus Christmas Day, just that extra extra layer of of perfection right there. Yeah. I gotta change on my Christmas. Oh, I really like, Rusev, oh, like the only thing missing was was when they put the cherry on top of the whipped cream. Was the, if the crowd had just started chanting "Holy S," the <laughs> because the way he put it on, just slow motion and backed off real quick, was just phenomenal. Did we lose Sean? That or he's so not um, pleased by that? Yeah. Well, I. It, I just waited for it to stop. So, but <laughs> this segment was awesome. I loved it. It was it, they. You know they're going to do one of these segments, mm-hmm. and next week it's going to be Gallows and Anderson against somebody, and they're going to have a high bar to meet. Like it's going to be tough for them. It's an uphill battle, and and I don't I don't look forward to to that necessarily, but because I don't I think they'll have as much freedom and input. I hope it's the men. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, well, I, I say, I don't know if you could. I don't know if I would with the women. Well, they used to. After. They used to do these Santa's little helper matches and all that other crap. So, I mean. Yeah, they've they moved. They haven't done that in years. Yeah. They haven't done that in years. Oh, this was, this was wonderful. So, Dolph Ziggler comes out. He's got no music again, but gets a decent reaction. Got a. Got a smattering of applause. This was everything Dolph Ziggler has ever done in his entire career. This was a bunch of video packages, Anna. I will say that I'm rather intrigued. He says the fans don't deserve him and leaves the United States Championship in the ring. What do you think is next for Dolph Ziggler? When he first came out, once again, he has lost his smile. And I was like, oh, good. I'm so glad that he has learned from this experience and he's grown as a person. <laughs> and then we got the video packages to cement this whole thing that Dolph has been doing for a long time now. And then well, that's I when I, up, but I always ask, what kind of a dickhead throws the video packages? This is the kind of dickhead that would throw the video packages. You know, when I die, I hope someone does throw to a video package for me. Or I'll just like create a, a bequeathing video and be like, and let's sort of this video package now. Um, I, I made the comment, it's only when Dolph starts respecting Dolph that the world will respect Dolph in return. And look, there is hope. There is hope because there was something very interesting at the end of this and he left the title in the middle of the ring and I know people are complaining what was the point of him winning it, blah, blah, blah. It's a story and it's something different and I am on board with this. There's actually something different for Dolph and I am I'm happy to see where this goes with bated breath. And I'll As am die. I. Uh, yes. Jeff, you had a big thumb down. Why? I hated this because we just <laughs> saw it with Natty on Sunday. We don't need the same thing over again. And the joke answer is what, where, where does Dolph go from here? It's is uh, Upright Citizens Brigade level one improv. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I liked the video package. I like Dolph. I just don't. Uh, we don't need another one of his. I'm not respected, so I'm not. So I'm leaving stories. I, it's just we've seen it with Natty now. It, it's just repetitive. It's repetitive, and it's not doing Dolph any favors. That's the thing. So you know what? If this is a way to write him off TV, more power to him. Yeah, they didn't follow up with the Natty thing either. Like we didn't get any real answers. But I am interested in a Dolph Ziggler storyline for the first time in a year. 
And I don't know that I was that interested in the Miz Dolph Ziggler storyline. I was interested in the matches they had because they had really kick-ass matches. So at least there's that. AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn with the Singh brothers. Jinder is quickly backdropped onto an announce table. He had kind of like a scratch on his face that looked kind of cool. You should just keep it. Just keep the scratch on your face, whatever you got to do. Have one of the stings just break you, whatever. It makes you look badass. Uh, nobody takes that slingshot suplex like Sami Zayn. Like he's, He sells the hell out of it. Every time that, that Orton just drops him on the ropes, he flops everywhere. It looks really good. I, I wanted to point out that I, I really like Graves and Byron getting better every single week. Like There are times that Byron Saxton is utterly insufferable. But together, they've, they've been pretty solid. If that Tom Phillips guy just would do his job the way oh. that, Yeah, it wasn't so annoying. That'd be a lot better. <laughs> Jeff, did you notice Nakamura seemed like he was really laying in the strikes tonight? Yeah, well, I mean, he has that, he has that point where he turns it on and gets vicious, and I really liked that. I mean... Yeah, I, it's, I, it's when he faces Sami Zayn. Yeah, um... Uh, yeah, and they, and I'm sure Sammy is thrilled by that. Uh, I I have no problem with it. I I just I I just I was waiting to see if there was going to be a step in the actual story that they set up in the beginning of the show with this, and they didn't, which was kind of disappointing. But the match itself wasn't bad. I mean, all everybody got to go home happy. It just seemed like it was filling space. Anna, what did you think of this? I was I personally was very very happy to see the Randy Orton Singh brothers rivalry reignited for at least one night. Yeah, that was kind of the biggest thing I got out of this. Um, still though, when they, they did something to AJ and they weren't even immediately kicked out by the ref. It was get down from there. A few seconds later, you're out. It's like, learn, learn people. <laughs> this is, this is a time to grow. Uh, but we did get that nice moment. It was just, hard to get into because I just couldn't look at the booking and not be dumbfounded by this. Like how see these guys as what they are. AJ should not have been with Randy and Shinsuke. Jinder should not have been with Sammy and KO. It's how none of this makes sense. And then Byron said that Jinder could be contender for superstar of the year. And that was even more mind boggling. Um, and then all I can think now is they must really hate closing out the show on SmackDown because it's just a good two minutes of awkward posing. So there's there's some real bad timing on this show yeah. of late. Like I don't know who's in who's in charge of timing out the show, but yeah, like three out of the last four weeks, and I think maybe once the month before that, they just flat out timed it out wrong. And we did get the hug me, hold me tight from KO one time. So that was, yeah, a, that was good. a gift to all, but yes, yeah. that was good. And they had to kill some time one week before they sent it back to Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan revealing that Shane was going to be a special guest ref. Like that's what we, that's, that's just seems to be a recurring theme on SmackDown. Jeff, any other thoughts on this show or this match? No. <laughs> so, Next week, Jeff, we're going to be filming alternate commentary. Myself, you, Alex, for uh, Royal Rumble 2005. I've spoken to WWE writers. I've spoken to wrestlers at the time. I've got some nice backstage information, stories, and things that I'll apply to that. Alex asked me, how much prep do you want me to do for this? And I said, none. I'll Actually, do the prep. I, I asked you how much prep I had to do for this. Well, Alex did too. And I said, oh, did he? None. <laughs> none. Don't know how we're going to do it yet. We might do it on Wirecast, might do it through Hangouts. Just depends on what works well, but you'll all be able to queue it up on the WWE Network, and we'll tell you what point to hit play, and you all will be able to follow along with us at any time. It's going to be really cool. Let's get back into some wrestling news. Dean Ambrose sustained a injury, an injury this weekend. Uh, it, he's undergoing surgery tonight. Anna... What do you well this this can't be the way that the Shield reunion was gonna go in WWE's eyes, but they didn't get the big match that they planned. What what will be your long lasting memories of the, the second go around with the Shield? 
I don't know if they're entirely done with it. They might continue on once he gets back with him and Rollins. It depends what they do now with Rollins. Um, it's very unfortunate. I'd place it second behind had the unfortunate run of the revival on the main roster so far. Um, I mean, I hope they still aren't hundred percent of what it is, what it, they suspect it is. It could mean he's out to for about six months, which Minty misses mania, which would suck. Um, I just hope they don't abandon this because there is still a lot to do. If you are actually going to bring back the shield, it's more than just like a special event thing. Um, I don't think they should abandon it because of this. Jeff, your thoughts? Well, it, it's a tricep, I believe. So he can still be on TV. He just can't do a whole lot. Now, I wouldn't have him doing a lot of physical stuff. It's unfortunate for him especially because the natural ending to this Shield reunion is him turning heel and having a run that way and probably having Roman go through him. This close to Mania having to have surgery, it, it sucks because they don't know if you're going to be back and they don't want to write you in any storylines if you're not going to be back. So he may just be taken off TV altogether. Um, there are no lasting, there are no lasting memories of this shield reunion because it got so bungled by Roman getting sick and now Dean getting hurt and then them never having a big match against a big time trio. Um, you know, the Miztourage is not a big time trio, the bar and Sammy. And I think that's a part of the problem. They didn't have one to work with. Yeah, they didn't have enemies. That's what brings them back. If it were Samoa Joe and the Authors of Pain, like I would be like, all right. If there were a force that warranted the Shield getting back together, then you'd have something. But it seemed so manipulative. Well, well, Heath Slater and Rhino are about to join Titus Worldwide, so. Between that, we might see Slater Gator Worldwide. Jeez. And Dana Brooke as the accountant. Yeah, I, another thing I've been told uh, on the Raw side of things is that they're going to make more of an effort to get everybody on the show involved in something, even if it's a sporadic thing. That's why we've seen the efforts with Dana Brooke, Heath Slater, and Rhino of late. I think that's a good idea to at least have a storyline, even if it's not an intermittent one, even if it is an intermittent one. That way, maybe your your talent isn't so dormant. Like I frequently forget that Heath Slater and Rhino were on this show, and I thought they were one of the best stories of WWE wrestling in 2016. I love their stuff. Oh yeah, they and, got over. They got over on SmackDown when they had no right to get over during that tag team tournament, which was supposed to be the crowning of American Alpha. James Ellsworth <laughs> was the worst thing that could happen to them because he was the comic relief yeah. after that, mm-hmm. and they didn't need them anymore. And they were like, "Oh, well, we'll move them to Raw," but they didn't have any plan for them. That's the situation that, that you're in when you get when you get. Over, but not over enough to where you're, like, indispensable. Which, I mean, they're not getting fired or anything. So, quite a run Rhino's made for himself over the last... Uh, to, to come back like that after not doing anything for a while, it's kind of cool. Anna, anything else to add to this week of SmackDown, this week of wrestling news? I really like the episode tonight. I think maybe everyone's just in the Christmas cheer or something, but for the in-ring and just the personalities in general seemed really into it. Um, it's been a good week, I think. And hopefully they don't drop it for next week's show. Hopefully they go even more silly on eggnog or whatever. Um, <laughs> keep it lighthearted. I don't know what the numbers are going to be viewer-wise, given it is Christmas for you guys there. Um, hopefully people will be sick of their families by that time and they'll want to watch. <laughs> I will see. Jeff, what do you got going on this week? I I need to get some eggnog. That reminds me. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of one glass of eggnog during the holiday season. I think it's a must for to get in the spirit. Um, right after I get <laughs> off this, right, right after we stop taping this, I'm taping Shake Them Ropes. Our holiday spectacular, whatever that means. Ooh. Anna, <laughs> what do you have going on these days? How are you celebrating Christmas? Working. <laughs> ah. um, yeah, I haven't really been doing much 
holiday preparation, um, I've been making the 12 days of EPW um, in the lead up to Christmas, which has been a little random Where can fun. people see that? At, at EPW on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also now check out um, Elliot Sexton has put together, as in the style of the Untouchables versus Street Gang Hooligans, he's put together a video of the Coastal Championship run between Scotty Ryan and Gavin McGavin that's been this past year. Um, both men won lots of awards, both fan voted and company voted. Uh, you should definitely check it out because these are two that you need to keep an eye on, to be quite honest. Guys, I want you all to follow us on Instagram as well, at Fightful Online. I'm going to start conducting a lot of our contests over there. Uh, as you know, we give away action figures and uh, memorabilia all the time. As we close this show, Anna, I want to know, underrated Christmas movies. Hit me with them. Ooh. Ooh, ask Jeff first. got to think about this. Jeff? Scrooged is underrated, in my opinion. Uh, the Ref with uh, Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey, I think, is underrated. Um, I, I go with the classics a lot of times. I do, too. Um, but by classics, what do you mean? Because see, I, feeling... I like see, I God, you know, I maybe classics not as to much me are Home Alone one, two, <laughs> Santa, Gremlins is underrated movie. as a Christmas movie. I think um, Gremlins is awesome. Uh, <laughs> Krampus uh, it, last month that was actually a good one. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, I've never seen good. that. Die Hard, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, Die Hard's a great one. Lethal Weapon, if you want to count that as a Why Him movie. is a nice new one as well. I heard Jiggle All the Way is actually underrated, and I've never right, seen so it. I was a fan yeah. of that. I didn't like it as much when I grew up because people told me I looked like the kid from Jingle All the Way in my, my child pictures. <laughs> but And I never got the goddamn Turbo Man doll, so I'm super pissy. But when I when I was a kid, I loved it. And as I grew up like into my teens, I loved it. But also, as I was a teenager, I liked the movie How High. And I watched that again recently as well. <laughs> and both of these films were utter dog shit. However, because of the holiday season, I can enjoy Jingle All the Way a little more than I can How High. Yeah, it's you got to be careful with those. My big thing was I still haven't seen the original Mortal Kombat movie again. Ooh. I saw the second one a few oh, years bad. ago, and that was a bad idea because that ruined everything. Um, we don't really have a Christmas tradition of movies here. Like We always used to watch Clueless or Wayne's World on Christmas Eve, and that was it. Um, I really liked The Night Before, which came out a couple of years ago. With That's Seth. another great one. Oh, I got another one. That's a very Tra- good one. Trading Places, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, comedy classic. Haven't seen it. I will watch that this week. I have a little time off. Office Christmas Party last year. I, I enjoyed that. Jason Bateman, TJ oh, Miller. Good? It was pretty good. I mean, you know what you're getting out of it. It's going to be yeah. something utterly ridiculous, but yeah, I liked it. But yeah, the night before is now in my, it's in my rotation because Seth Rogen was hilarious in that, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's really good. I'm a softy. I love a Charlie Brown Christmas. I think that's just perfect in every way. It's my you know, my wife is a fan of that, and you know she'll throw on the Grinch as well. But yeah, Not why him is. Live action Grinch sucks ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, see, the thing is, I, I'm not a Grinch fan, so I'm, I embrace the cartoon version because it's way shorter, too. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, Why Him is one worth watching, guys. It's like kind of, I think it's Christmas themed. Brian Cranston, James Franco. That new James Franco movie oh. is the jam. I know people That's from the original good. room, so it's kind of weird. I don't know if I want to see see people I know on screen played by other people, but uh, it's fantastic. It's Is it? It's fantastic. Yeah. And and I'll I'll give you one that you make fun of me for for Christmas movies. I actually like Love Actually. I don't mind it. It, it's, I just like it's, Brian, so. it's schlocky. It'll give you cavities if you watch it, but still, I kind of dig it. <laughs> Bad Santa 2 is on my do not watch list. Never touch that movie with a 10-foot pole. Uh, The first one was very good. Perhaps my favorite thing about Bad Santa was the very end because – Jeff, have you seen that movie? Oh, God, at least 20 times, yeah. There's the guy who 
is on the megaphone, and he was the dude who did the voiceovers for World's Wildest Police videos. Okay. <laughs> and I always love people hearing people curse that I never get to hear curse. And he just gets on the megaphone and goes, you guys are in so much shit. It's almost unbelievable. And I was like, made, done. I like it. Like if I got to see Alex Trebek and Pat Sajak just hurl insults at one another, I'd be glued to the screen. I would love it. You'd never get like, to see that. That's like Betty White in Lake Placid where she just yeah. cusses up a storm. <laughs> yeah. The um, Beavis and Butthead Do America where the unsolved mystery guy is – Talking about cavity searches the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> How have they not done a Beavis and Butthead Christmas? Come on. Bring it back, Mike Judge. How can you make Bad Santa 2 with no Bernie Mac? It's, it's embarrassing. Wrong. Bernie Mac's a legend. Okay. Bernie Mac made Mr. 3000 watchable for me, and that was a pile of duty. <laughs> Straight duty. Well, guys, we have sufficiently killed enough time for me to decide to end this show. Follow Anna at Anna Bauer. Follow Jeff at Crap Game 13. Maybe one day we'll do an all-movie edition of the Fightful.com podcast. But until next time, follow us at Fightful Online at Instagram. I, you know I don't think they'll want to do it because they know their taste in movies isn't as good as mine. Until next time, we're out. We just. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.